Well, hello, Zen Founder listeners. Brooke Bergman Parr here with you again this week. This week, we're going to be talking about when parenting styles are not aligned. Uh, I find that this is one of the biggest issues uh, sometimes that plagues couples. And so we're going to be diving into that, that issue. I think it's especially relevant as we start a new school year. And, you know, parents are really looking at what are we going to get out of this new year? I think September has in many ways become kind of a new a new year year marker for a lot of people. It's a, a time to mark new beginnings, new grades, all of that. And so uh, sometimes parenting issues come to the forefront. So we're going to explore what happens when parenting values and styles are not aligned and kind of how to cope with that. But before we dig into that, I just want to remind everybody that uh, yours truly and Dr. Sherry Walling and I are going to be leading a couples retreat December 8th through 12th in Ojai, California. It's going to be at a luxury villa, four days of workshops, excursions, and some healing, restoration, some mindfulness, sensuality. We're planning some really fun, fun things that will be sure to both kind of help you as a couple navigate the more challenging conversations, but then also create space for you to play and have really meaningful conversations and experiences that are going to set your relationship up for not just success, but bliss. And that's really my, um, one of my desires is to see couples really enjoying their relationship in ways that they haven't before. So anyway, I hope that if it is calling to you, please reach out to me or Sherry and we will get you the details that you need to join us in Ojai, California, December 8th through 12th. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. All right, everybody. So let's dig in to this issue of differing parenting styles and how to handle them as a couple. I would say that in my work with couples, I think this is one of the top three issues. Uh, Number one, finances. (laughs) And a close second or maybe equal is sex and intimacy and third is parenting styles and or philosophies about parenting so how how do we handle this really challenging subject 
I actually had a listener reach out to me a number of months ago about this very sensitive issue uh, because I was talking about really fully owning yourself and fully owning who you are in your relationship and then tolerating the anxiety. And this listener, you know, aptly called me out and said, okay, but Brooke, what about when there's a little person involved and decisions must be made, right? Like you can't just be your full self (laughs) and in this arena and it not affect other people. And in fact, I, I would say that I guess that's part of the relational reality that we all live in is that being who you are and being the fullness of yourself is always going to have a relational component. Your very existence will affect other people, right? And this is this is part of developing a healthy sense of connection and a healthy sense of relationship and family. So on to this issue of when parenting styles are not aligned. Typically, this issue comes out as like, you know, one parent is a little more permissive, kind of laid back, and the other parent is maybe a little more like they they like things to be done a certain way. Um, So that's just one way in which maybe parenting differences might arise. Parenting differences can also arise in terms of school, right? Like this is kind of a big issue as we enter the school year. Some parents really believe in the power of after-school sports and others believe in, no, it should be unstructured playtime. If you notice the language that I'm using, I'm, I'm almost using the language of a belief system, right? And that all of us kind of develop these unspoken and or maybe even unconscious belief systems about what should or should not happen, right? And if you talk to any group of parents for any amount of time, you know, their belief systems about raising children and how children Uh, are going to succeed in this world begin to emerge. And right, this isn't a low stakes conversation. And so that's maybe where we should start is this idea that we come into this conversation with a lot of energy, right? Because we're talking about our offspring. And so when we're talking about offspring, (laughs) one of the things I like to talk to my clients about is this idea of primal energy. And what I mean by primal energy is it's animal energy. And it's animal in the sense that there is a very strong biological urge for all of us to have our offspring survive and then reproduce themselves. Like that is just a part of our biological drive. And so it's as strong a drive as hunger, thirst, sleep, sex, all of these things. It's it's a big safety issue as well, right? Like, you know, these talks about mama bears and papa bears and, you know, don't don't mess with mama bear, right? Well, there is a reason you don't mess with mama bear is because mama bear has an incredible amount of strength and energy that does sort of seem to spring up from the depths, 
right? And and most uh, parents can attest to this really deep primal energy when it comes to their kids. And so I, I guess I would just say to all of you who have maybe had these conversations, just understand that anytime you're talking about your kids, you're going to have some kind of visceral bodily reaction just off the bat. And so this is just something to know so that way you can manage it in the conversation. Uh, I think that a lot of people really misunderstand and or don't appreciate the power of their strong emotions when they're trying to have these types of conversations with their partner. They don't really appreciate that, you know, this this is making my partner feel a lot of really big feelings. And until we deal with those feelings, we really can't deal with the more practical issues of do we do soccer this year or not, right? And so I find it helpful when couples are trying to have this conversation to first establish safety and connection with each other and understanding that both of you, if we're talking about, um, you know, parents who are married to the biological parent of their child, right? And I and I give that caveat, right? Because my I'm married, uh, but my husband is not the biological father of my daughter. And so I think that there are some different issues that come up in blended families, but I still think that the the primary issue of just establishing safety and connection as you go into these conversations is super super important. And so that's really first, and that's foundational, is just understanding that this issue is a very, very big trigger and hook for people. It also can bring up a lot of, you know, if you have any unresolved childhood issues, just have children and they will come up. (laughs) Right? Um, And so that's another piece that I would encourage you all to just maybe even think about. And this is both for yourself and for your partner. So if you are finding that you have a lot of energy around a certain sort of stance around parenting, like, I really believe this, you know, and honestly, fill in the blank about whatever it is. Maybe it's, I really believe they need to have unstructured playtime or whatever it is, you know, and maybe that's because in your own childhood, you were too structured, right? And so obviously you can kind of see that the pendulum is swinging the other way, right? And so that you're trying to achieve balance in the generations. But if you go too far the other way, then your child is just going to go back the other way. And then on and on the pendulum goes through the generations without ever really looking at the real issue, which is who is the child in front of you? And I find that this can actually be more of a challenge than people really realize because we go into parenting thinking that we want our kids to be a certain way or we have our hopes and dreams for for them, right? Not really appreciating that they are their own unique 
wonderful person in front of us. And it's our honor to nurture them and to and to help them grow into adulthood, into uh, the uniqueness of their little self. But again, right, like even this, right, that I that was a parenting belief system that I bring to the table, right? I, I mean, I'm a self-proclaimed like. Uh, oh gosh, how do I say it? I've been called a leader. I've been called uh, an outsider. I can sometimes be a troublemaker or like somebody who does things differently, right? And so I value that uniqueness, the unique expression of each individual child, right? But, but for other people, they might have a value of, but it's important to fit in. It's important to, you know, do well in school. It's important to do these more, I don't want to say institutional things, uh, but kind of, for lack of a better term, that's that's kind of what it is, right? Or just joining in more of like community things, right? And these, th- these two things don't have to be mutually exclusive, but I just wanted to point out that even I was showing my own approach to parenting, even in this educational podcast about differences in parenting, and that we each bring up, bring to the table a paradigm of how, what we believe about the world. And so it's super important to have that understanding of of that as you have these discussions with your partner about parenting. So uh, yeah, like I said, understanding and appreciating your own hooks, triggers, maybe unresolved things from childhood that, you know, sometimes we try to fix in our own children. And then also appreciating maybe what those issues are for your partner. You know, what are some of the things in your partner's childhood that didn't happen that they're maybe having a little extra energy around making sure that it happens for their kids this time around, like for them, right? And having a stance of compassion, right? I talk a lot about this with my clients and I and here is having a compassionate, curious stance towards your partner at all times. I mean, as much as is possible, <laughs> right? Really helps in diffusing conflict, building connection, and helping your partner feel seen and loved just as they are, and really resisting the urge to try to fix or correct your partner into the correct paradigm. (laughs) You know, understanding that parenting, I mean, yes, do we have the science and we do we have the books written on attachment and all these different things? Yes. But at the end of the day, you know, all parents have to figure out their rhythm. And all families have to figure out how to honor everybody's strengths while also accommodating for their weaknesses and their wounds, right? And so as you approach these challenging conversations, these are just some of the things to keep in mind. 
Now, a few practical suggestions that I, in my experience over the years of working as both a marriage and family therapist and working with kids and parents and doing family groups and all these sorts of things. One of the things that I really try to encourage each parent to develop this idea of that will really free you. And it's this idea of each parent will have their own connection and attachment to each child. And that connection and attachment will be different than the one that you have. And it's going to vary from child to child. Now, all of us had that experience if you had multiple siblings, you know, of thinking that one or more of your siblings was the favorite and you weren't. I am the oldest of four. And with my siblings, we will sometimes joke about like, oh, you were, you know, you were definitely mom's favorite because or this or this. And while some of that may be true, I think a more accurate statement would just be their attachment was easier. Their connection was easier for whatever reason. Like when I was in school, we would talk about this idea of goodness of fit in the attachment. And so sometimes one parent and one child just might have a very similar temperament that promotes a different type of connection and attachment than the type of attachment and connection that they have to a different child because of a different temperament. But then maybe the other parent has, you know, a maybe more similar temperament and kind of similar just way of being in the world that promotes an easier connection like they just get each other and that is okay and I just I want to give everybody permission I love just let's just give permission I'm gonna just hand permission slips out all day every day (laughs) to just be different and that these differences don't have to be bad they they just gain a lot of negative power when they are unspoken and when they are secret and when resentments build, right? Sometimes you'll see these um, resentments building in the different types of parenting styles and attachments. So that's just a couple of things um, in terms of, you know, when parenting styles are not aligned. I also find it helpful to differentiate the difference between values as a family and the different types of relationships that we want to have, right? I know a lot of families, and in fact, I coach them families to do this if they don't already, have a family mission statement or a set of family values that the family all kind of gets together on and says, here are the things that as a family we value. And so this can be really helpful if you're finding that you're just not on the same page with your partner. Get the kids involved. (laughs) Ask the kids what they think. And this is a great and obviously age appropriate. You know, you're not going to ask a two year old, hey, what do you think about, you know, (laughs) 
organized sports or whatever, you know, but the older they are, I find that this can be a really beautiful way of helping the kids feel empowered and included in how the day-to-day family life goes. So often we kind of go on autopilot, you know, and we kind of just do things the way we've always done it. And I really encourage families to both have family meetings and also just check in with the kids pretty regularly about how they're feeling, about how you're doing as a parent. And so I'm not saying have your kids, you know, referee your fights. That's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is involve your children in the discussion of their relationship with you and in their life. But I really encourage parents to have these open discussions with their children as a way of both building that connection and helping parents have a more open relationship with them. You know, they're often, parents will talk to me about, you know, the teenage years and how they, well, you know, kids shut down and all of this sort of thing. And I say, you have to continue to work on that relationship just like anything else. And so when parenting styles are not aligned, I would encourage people to take away this idea of, quote, who wins or who loses, because in parenting, there is no winning or losing. Now, except in the issues of abuse, obviously, and I always have to make that caveat, if if one parent is being abusive, I, I believe it is the other parent's um, moral obligation and actually legal obligation to step in uh, and protect the children from abuse. So I just want to make it really clear that that is not what we are talking about. We are talking about things like how old should the kids be when they walk home from the bus, right? That is an issue our family recently encountered. Like, are the kids old enough, you know? Like, all these different issues. I mean, the issues are literally endless. So, a couple of things to just kind of wrap it up as as you think about having this conversation with your partner. First, recognize that this is a pretty emotionally charged topic for most people. And so... Have compassion on yourself and on your partner. So that's first and foremost. And really just try to calm down (laughs) as you begin to have this conversation. Two, also just think about, you know, including the children in this discussion, including them in the discussion of how parenting is going, what they like, what they don't like, what they would what they would want more of, what they want less of, and having those open conversations. Three, allowing for the differences in connection. Allowing for the fact that maybe you don't really like the relationships that your husband has with your daughter or son or whatever it is. Or your wife, you don't like how she deals with the kids you can always say your truth and say hey you know this is just my observation right but ultimately at the end of the day it is their relationship and you really can't change that you know they are going to have their own connection their own relationship and it's important that that is fostered actually 
I came across this one therapist, you know, and she was talking about having special time with kids. And I think that that's just this idea of really nurturing that one-on-one connection with each of your kids and just honoring the fact that your spouse or your partner or your ex, (laughs) if that is the case, is going to have the relationship that they're going to have with the kids. And there's only so much you can do about it. So anyhow, that's just a little bit of this discussion. I wish you uh, well as you approach these really challenging conversations. And just know that uh, this is one of the top three that people really struggle with for a number of reasons. And so to just approach the conversation with gentleness, respect, compassion, and you will do well if you approach it in that manner. Anyhow, until next time, Zen Founder listeners. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health bootcamp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.